Welcome back to another season of the Lions College Football Podcast. I'm Brett Gibbons with thelions.com, and this year I am joined by Kelly Ford of K Ford Ratings. Perhaps you've seen him on Twitter. Perhaps you've responded to him on Twitter. Hopefully you were nice about it. Not everybody is. But Kelly, thanks for joining us this season. I'm really excited about this. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Brad. I'm excited to be a part of the team here at thelines.com and, and on the podcast with you. And yeah, Twitter, folks, it, it took me a while to learn. But once I got into the Twitter space, uh, it was very apparent, you know, how to interact with people, who wants to engage in, in good faith, who does not. I'm very open. Uh, I'll go back and forth with you in a respectful way if that's what you're into. If you're not, I'll probably hit that mute button. I just I recently did a mass unmuting. So kind of a fresh slate for everyone coming into 2023. And I actually haven't had to go back and mute anybody yet. So we'll see how long that lasts once the season gets started. But yeah, I'm very open on Twitter. Uh, always down to talk college football. And that's why I'm excited to be on the podcast with you. So that, that's good to know. So if anybody listening has... Uh, replied to Kelly about his most deserved rankings and and gotten really angry as to why Georgia may be number two on the list because how dare you, sir? We'll try again. He's unmuted you by now. If you're looking for more information on Kelly's ratings, you can go back to either of the two episodes we just posted. He went over what those are, what those mean, the most deserving rankings. Those are really cool and exciting. I love those. Go listen to that. This is episode number three, and today we are talking the Mac. My Mac, your Mac, our Mac. We love the Mac here. Uh, I'm. I went to school at Bowling Green. Kelly, you you briefly went to school at Ohio, right? You were there. I did. I did. I did grad school at Ohio University, and I was a part of a graduate program there. Where part of what we did it was a is a sports administration program. So part of what we did every single home football game, many home men's basketball games, we were working it. So. When people talk about Maction on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night in November, long after the sun has set and likely when the snow or sleet is falling, I'm there. I've been there. I've done that. I've been putting the nets up behind the field goal posts. I've been ushers. I've been in the elevators, taking care of donors in the donor room. You name it. I've done it at Peden Stadium for Ohio University. So Ohio is a special place in my heart. I know Bowling Green is yours. And so we can certainly go back and forth on that in the Mac East. Yeah, and we will. We will definitely talk the Mac East. We'll talk a lot about Ohio, maybe a little bit of Bowling Green for a spoiler there. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's really, really difficult to sell a recruit to come to Bowling Green, Ohio on a Tuesday night when it's 37 degrees and you just gave up 66 points to Toledo on the field. I've been there. It's a real fun time. But hey, let's dive into this. And I wanted to start with just an interesting nugget. I don't believe that this is actionable information, but it's just a fun fact. Every team has made the MAC championship since 2015, except for Eastern Michigan. And I know Eastern Michigan was real bad for a long time, but they've been pretty good recently. Maybe they'll break that streak. But we've also had no repeat division winners since NIU and my Bowling Green Falcons from the since I was going to school there, 2013 to 2015. Uh, that's the last time anybody's repeated in the division, and every team has made it. So this is a very, very low variance, very high parity league. And that's what makes it such a appointment television on Tuesday and Wednesday nights because anything can happen on any given night. And pound for pound, I believe that this is the most interesting group of five conference this year. Pound for pound, I think they may have the best quarterback play of any conference this year and maybe the most interesting quarterback play uh, save for the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 probably has the best uh, the best overall quarterback play, but the Mac 
carries its own weight. Now, I have Toledo in a tier of its own. That hurts me to say very dearly. But what do your numbers say about tiers in the MAC? Yeah, I'm right there with you with that, Brett. I've got Toledo power rated number 69 nationally. And then there's a significant gap between Toledo and actually my Ohio University Bobcats. I promise there's no bias put in there special for them. But I do have Ohio as the next best team in the the MAC, number 91 nationally. And of course, they're in the East Division. So for Toledo, their closest competitor by my numbers is actually the team who has not won uh, the division, Eastern Michigan, down at 104 a 53% chance for Toledo to reach Detroit in the MAC championship game. Um, they are the clear favorites out of the West. And overall, there is a separation between Toledo and the others in the MAC by my numbers in the preseason here uh, in 2023. And what about the East? Yeah, in the East, I'm looking at a three-team race, really. Um, Ohio, I mentioned, is a favorite, uh, number 91 nationally. Miami's number 94 nationally. And then I have Buffalo at number 102 But percent chances to reach the conference championship game for these teams, Ohio at 46, Miami at 32, and Buffalo at 19. So, um, again, sorry about your Bowling Green Falcons. Uh, Bowling Green, Kent State, and Akron combined have about a 3% chance. It's really a three-team race in the East for me with Ohio as the slight favorites right now. Well, let's talk about Ohio. I think they're the most interesting team in the MAC. Uh, Toledo might be the best. They may be the highest rated. I have about a three and a half point difference between Toledo and Ohio and uh, a three point difference between Ohio. And let me scroll down to find the next team because it is so close. Curtis Rourke does return for OU, but his status is TBD for the beginning of the year. Reports that I see suggest that he'll play. I think people are handicapping the game like he'll play. The market movement on their game at San Diego State suggests he'll be available for week zero. Uh, if not, the back of quarterback Harris is athletic and I think capable, uh, even though they only scored seven points against Toledo in the MAC championship. That's neither here nor there. They also return the top two receivers who I actually think are a pretty dynamic duo in Sam Wiglas and uh, Jacoby Jones. Uh, Sam Wiglas, for, for what it's worth, was an Ohio State player, comes down to, and he had a really cool story and comes down to Ohio and uh, he's, he's a dominator. I think he's a, a great player. So I think they have a very good passing attack. of offensive returning production here uh, for Ohio this year. That's the fifth most nationally, including four or five starting offensive linemen. That's always good to see continuity up front. I actually favor them in every game except Iowa State, which, funny enough, comes at home. They do have three one-score projections, uh, and and that's kind of tough because, you know, if they go two and one or one and two in those, it's not unexpected, but it is possible. But, uh, oh, and their strength of schedule, fifth easiest nationally what is your assessment of your Ohio Bobcats yeah lots to react to there Brett and I agree with you on most of it and we just slightly differ not to large degrees on some um last year that's where I want to start with Ohio I projected 5.2 regular season wins in the preseason for Ohio they reached nine regular season wins so that 3.8 differential in a positive direction made them the fourth biggest overachievers in all of FBS by my numbers last year. So this is the team that very greatly exceeded expectations last year, comes into this year with uh, more expectations than I had preseason last year, but still not matching that of what their actual win total was last year. I'm projecting 7.5 coming into this year. It's the best offense in the division with a mid-level defense compared to others in the East, but that's okay because Ohio faces the second easiest collection of opposing FBS offenses in the nation. 
if we looked at every single team schedule and looked at their opponents throughout the schedule, 1 through 12, how good are their offenses, how good are their defenses, and we stacked up, okay, on average, how tough is the offense that you're facing? Ohio has the second easiest average opposing FBS offenses that they're facing this year. So the fact that their defense struggles um, might not be the end of the world, and this is a, is a good offense for, for Mac. It's the fourth easiest schedule in the nation by my numbers. I know you said fifth, and you, so very little difference there. You also mentioned, Brett, something that we're a little off on. You said Iowa State's the only game that you currently make Ohio an underdog. I make them an underdog in that game as well, a game that's in Peden Stadium. They got Iowa State coming to Ohio. Um, but I also actually have Ohio as an underdog in week one at San Diego State. Not not a lot, but four and a half. Um, and then in week three, they go to Florida Atlantic, and I've got it right now at about five and a half. I also have a pick em at Buffalo late in the year coming off a bye for Ohio in that game. So that's the in-conference game that may be most likely to lose for Ohio, but they're going to be favored in most of their games. Um, we differ on a couple there, but not by a lot. So to me, Ohio has the edge. They get Miami at home. I think that's important. Um, the Buffalo game being on the road could be something, but like I said, they're coming off a bye in that one. So um, presumably they'll they'll have a chance to be prepped for that game. So I like Ohio. It's an easy schedule uh, and a good offense for the, for Mac standards. Let me correct myself. I do have San Diego State favored in that game. So Ohio is not favored in two games. As soon as you said that, I was like, hold on. I can't possibly have them favored on the road in that game. I do not. Uh, I did bet them, though, as, as a preview to our week zero preview that will come up here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like OU. Uh, I think they're the real OU, as we call them here. I think that game at Buffalo is, yeah, it's tough. When it comes to the MAC, though, I think there's very few road games where I'm like, yeah, that really makes a difference. Uh, sometimes I won't even take the 1.8 home edge or the 2.1 home edge or whatever you're making it. Sometimes I'll actually nix that because, like, unless you're going up to the Glass Bowl Toledo for a big game where it's going to be packed and rowdy. There's not really many venues that make a huge difference. Now, what does make a huge difference in terms of location in the MAC is the weather. We saw at you know Western Michigan last year they played in like half a foot of snow. Where uh, I think that was was that yeah that was a Bird Emanuel 300 yard game, wasn't it for right. Central? What an electric player he is. Um, I did want to plug an article because I will shamelessly plug some of my work here at the Lines. I did an article on conference variance and scoring each one of them. And the MAC actually has the lowest variance. What that means is there is such there's a smaller gap in these teams' ratings uh, than all the conferences in the nation, which means there's higher chances for upsets. And that's like I said at the top, that's why the MAC is appointment television because anything could happen because these teams are so razor thin in their power ratings. And to me, that reads as an opportunity to bet long shots. So I wanted to talk about Miami of Ohio. I actually took them 9-1 to one to win the conference. I think, personally, by my numbers and my estimation, it's too long. I, I'm not saying that they're going to sit here and beat uh, Toledo. I think Toledo sits in a tier of its own. But I, at 9-1, to one, I thought there was a little bit of value there. Brett Gabbert returns for Miami. He's one of the better quarterbacks. He was uh, on and off hurt last year. So you look at his numbers, you're kind of like, eh, he's not really that great. No, he's good. He was just really hurt last year and, and, and missed a whole bunch of games. Uh, you know, I have them less than one touchdown off of Toledo in their ratings and 1.2 points off of Ohio. Uh, by my numbers, they play the fourth easiest schedule nationally. Uh, yours obviously will differ on that by a little bit because you said Ohio is the fourth easiest. Uh, and they should, again, field one of the better defenses. 
The offense definitely needs to improve. I think a lot of that was, though, Brett Gabbert missing the time. They were 106th in points per drive last year. Not great. Here's the problem, though, something that does worry me a bit. They're 127th in going for it on fourth down in neutral situations. Uh, and they're 105th in Bill Connolly's fourth down profit metric. Basically, how many points are you gaining or losing uh, on an average game based on your fourth down go rate? And yeah, Ohio was 100, or I'm sorry, Miami was 105th nationally. They're ultra conservative. So I do want to see that improved. Hopefully the offense will improve there. But what's your assessment on Miami? Yeah, Miami. So I've got a 32% chance that they make the conference championship game. I know you have it 9-1 to one to win. But once you're there, anything can happen in a one-off game in Detroit. So um, I think Miami, like I said, second best team in the East um, with that 32% chance. They do have to play um, at Ohio, which, of course, that's a rivalry game, the Battle of the Bricks. So that could be a tough one. I know we've talked about what's the home field advantage in the MAC, um, but that, that could be something. They start the year, it's interesting, they start the year with three consecutive road games. Now, it won't matter for conference standings, but at Miami, at UMass, and then at Cincinnati before hosting Delaware State from the FCS. So um, it's just an interesting scheduling dynamic to start the year for a team um, that has aspirations of winning the MAC championship. But yeah, I have a 70% chance to win seven plus games. Last year, they won six in the regular season. So I think their win total this year will, will exceed that of last year when they underachieved just a little bit by my numbers. Yeah, and you said that anything can happen once you reach Detroit, and that's true. And I know we look at numbers and definitely would favor Toledo, but Toledo doesn't have a a killer's you know resume in terms of winning this league, and they should. They out-recruit by a mile. Their facilities are better. They have way more talent per pound. They're spending more money on their football program than any other team in the MAC by a sizable gap. And yet, like I said, no team has even repeated as a division champion since 2015, 2014 to 15. So if we're taking the anything can happen aspect in Detroit and then piecing together that nine to one, which is a 10% implied win rate, I'm a little comfortable with it. Now it's not the only long shot that I took though. Yeah, this is definitely turning into a segment. The the sickos, the sickos bet, the sickos assessment of of the of the week. It really is now because this is number three. I bet Akron to win the MAC East at fourteen to one. Those long those are long shot odds to win the division. Now, if Rourke isn't one hundred percent healthy at the beginning of the year, something goes wrong with Ohio. Let's say their defense that should be middle of the road regresses or underperforms. They're not that far off the lead. I have them seven power points behind Buffalo. That's a touchdown. That's a bounce one way or another. I also took over three and a half wins. They're actually favored twice at home. And then they're about two to two and a half point underdogs, uh, in, in my estimation, uh, to Northern Illinois. There are one score underdog at home twice. Like, there's just a lot of toss-ups in actual times that they're favored. I like their quarterback, DJ Irons. I think they have a good receiving core, a good DB core. And they covered five of their last six games last year and seven of their last nine. This is a stretch, right? Brett, yeah. We've we've reached true sicko. We talked about it the last two shows. Uh, in the American, we had one. We had one in Conference USA. The difference for me on those previous ones is I could kind of get behind them from a number standpoint. And for a lot of your over unders with teams, <clears throat> my numbers have supported the position you've taken. 
I'm not going to pretend to agree with you on this one. I, even at 14 to one, I mean, I, I need a lot longer than 14 to one um, because my numbers give Akron less than a 1% chance to make the conference championship game or in these terms, win the Mac East division. I just, I'm looking at this, this is one of the bottom, you know, three or four teams projected in FBS coming into this year. They don't have a particularly strong offense, which I think you need to pull some upsets. The defense is even worse than the offense. I've got Akron favored in two games this year. One of them's against Morgan State uh, from the FCS ranks in week two. And the other one's in week 10 coming off a bye. They welcome Kent State. I like them by about a point and a half. Outside of that, that yeah, Brad, I'm, I'm not seeing this one. Um, I could be surprised. Actually, uh, athletic director at Akron, I know him, Charles Guthrie, used to work in the Horizon League at, at Green Bay. So I'm wishing them all the best. Nothing against the Zips. Uh, Joe Moorhead was a splash higher for sure. Um, that's about as positive as I can be on this one, Brett. It's a less than a 1% chance by my numbers. I don't like it uh, at 14 to 1 even. I, I think we're donating money to the local uh, the local sports book, as you put it in one of the other episodes. That's that's fair. That's a fair assessment. And maybe the ideal situation here is they come out and surprise and hopefully hit over that three and a half win threshold. And maybe we can cash out for a profit. Maybe we're just trading stocks here. Uh, yeah, we'll see. If anybody has the intestinal fortitude, as I like to say, to bet this, good luck. We're in it together. But yeah, if you're saying less than 1% chance, not great value by by my numbers because uh, I took them at about 6.7% chance uh, to win the MAC East. Again, just, just going on low variance, high parity, maybe a team that can exceed expectations. We'll revisit it later. And sadly, we have come around to my Bowling Green State University Falcons, and I say sadly because I bet under four and a half wins. Now, they offered it at plus money, which is kind of enticing there. They've had tied for the second worst recruiting average the last five years. Uh, I have been, I don't know if public is the right word, because I don't have a big enough platform to say I've been public about it, but I don't like the job that Dino Babers did at Bowling Green. He won a ton of games with Dave Clawson's roster and with a stud quarterback in Matt Johnson, who is now the offensive coordinator at Kent State, fun fact. He then left the program in ruins, and they have not been able to recruit since. That last five mark is five years since Dino had, you know, his roster was kind of turning over. Uh, you know, last year they overperformed because they won twice outright as a double-digit underdog, and then another time as a six-and-a-half-point underdog. To me, that says overperforming, and I'd like to get your numbers on overperforming because you do have your overperformers every year. Uh, you know, I favor them in two games. Their game at Kent State is a toss-up, which is tough because Kent State was just gutted this offseason. I don't know how much talent they really have this year. Uh, maybe potential in the future, but not this year. And they lost most of their top players to the transfer portal. They return a really good linebacker, Darren Anders. He led the nation in tackles a couple years ago. And I don't really see a whole lot more. Carl Brooks has gone to the NFL. So I took under four and a half wins of plus money. What do your numbers say about Bowling Green? Yeah, my, my numbers agree with you there. They were overachievers last year, uh, winning 1.7 more regular season games than I expected. So modest overachievers. Bowling Green's uh, history is interesting. If you look at their graphic, which is up on my, my website, um, you look at the most recent 10 years of their K-Ford ratings, it's their nine at best K-Ford rating rank of 97 at best 
with the exception of 2015, which just sticks out like a sore thumb, they finished that year number 47. So uh, that's the only green one on the on the 10 year. The rest are pretty dark red, and it's been bleak as of late. Um, I like this 56% chance to win fewer than five games. My numbers have them as favorites against Eastern Illinois, Akron, one point favorite at Kent State. I know you called that one a pick on a toss up. It certainly is. Uh, and then the other two, if you get those three, which that's an if, cause you know, Kent State has to pick them at Kent State, but if you get those three, they have to get two more for you to lose this one. Ball State at home. I currently make Bowling Green a one point underdog. And then at Western Michigan to end the year, I currently make them a field goal underdog. If they somehow get all five of those, that's the only path that that they could I could see it happening. It's likely they're going to pick up one unexpectedly because that's what happens in college football. But it's also expected that of the five I just named, they'll probably drop two of those. So a 56% chance. It's not as high as a percent as some of the other ones that you've put out um, with hitting the 60s, which is which I think is great value. But 56 is over the number you need. And so to me, I think there's math to back this one up. Um, so not, not the most value of any of the ones you mentioned, but certainly one that my numbers can support. And this... I... You have to take the numbers and you do kind of have to contextualize them sometimes. This is getting a little bit in a narrative street, but Bowling Green, they're good for once a year winning those upsets, like you said. Maybe they shocked Georgia Tech on the road. They beat Minnesota two years ago. Uh, You know, they could shock Georgia Tech. Maybe steal a win at Miami or steal a win at Buffalo. Maybe somebody that's overlooking them, but like you said, they'll lose to Western. They will beat Eastern Illinois by like two points because they've lost to FCS teams before. I've been there. It sucks. Or they beat them by one point. Uh, last year, they lost to Eastern Kentucky, giving up 58 points in overtime. So, you know, just kind of the nature of, of this team and kind of reasonable, reasonable expectations. But we started this podcast with your Ohio Bobcats and we finished this podcast with my Bowling Green Falcons. So I'd say that is a successful kind of rundown of the Mac. I know we didn't talk about every team. We could have been here for three hours if we did that. We'll certainly talk about each team in the Mac at some point coming this season. Uh, But thanks everyone for listening. If you have not yet, hop on over to our Discord server. You can join over 4,000 sports betting fans there. Get live updates in the college football uh, channel. You can get uh, bets that I place all season long. I'll be putting those in the Discord. It's a really sharp and active community that's becoming more active because the college football season, I'll say it, is here. It is on our doorstep. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lions YouTube channel for daily sports betting strategy videos just like this one, and comment your thoughts on the MAC below. We all have them. The MAC is one of the best leagues. It's what makes college football great in the heartland of America. Also, subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever uh, they're hosting out there. Go ahead and subscribe to us over there at the Lions. Kelly, before we get out of here, please... Plug your work for everybody to find. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to be here at thelines.com. You can find me on Twitter at KFordRatings, also on the website, kfordratings.com. Looking forward to continuing on with you on this podcast, Brett, and also getting some writing done on thelines.com. It's going to be a great college football season. Yes, it surely is. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. I'm Brett Gibbons. That is Kelly Ford, and we'll see you all next time.